Hey, beautiful babies, what's up? It's your girl, Nomi Jackson here, along with the strong but silent Ishii on the other line, that darling Ishii. How are you doing, my babies? It is Saturday, May 8th, 2021, at 10.52 a.m. It is a sunny day where I am. It's going to be a high of 51. It's a little chilly inside where I am, but I don't know. Maybe if I uh, went outside, it'll be a little bit warmer. Sometimes it'd be like that. It's really weird. But anyway, um, so it's Saturday. How is your weekend going so far? Are you doing anything fun or special today? Going out, seeing people, seeing folks, uh, going to a movie, going out to eat, or staying inside, doing something good, or working and coming across many people. That you can make their day by smiling at them. I know there's some people that are crappy out there and makes you not want to smile. But I can guarantee you if you smile at one person today, you will change, you know, their mood and you'll make them happy. So if you get all the uh, jerks out there that are a-holes, you know, just be good when you can. So anyway, you all, what am I doing? Uh, I guess it's just one of those weekends. I might dye my hair. I bought this henna stuff. I never tried henna before, but I hear people say good stuff about it. So, I'm going to try it. Um, hopefully it lasts longer than the regular hair dye. I mean, the supposed permanent hair dye, which, to me, it washes out, you know, now it's just like washing out like so quick now. It's getting to that point where, I don't know, I'm getting kind of frustrated with the whole thing. So, I'm going to see if this henna does a better job. Um, also, I guess I'm just going to continue reading. I told you guys I started on Cold Sweat by Yama Brown, James Brown's daughter. And I want to tell you a little bit about the book. But I just want to say that every single thing I read, every time I look up something completely random on the internet, always, always, it always connects to Mikey Pooh. It always does. It's just the strangest thing. He's haunting me. <laughs> Michael Jackson, the superstar that is. Uh, uh, he's just every... I can't look at anything without seeing him. I mean, I could... If I decided to look up how to grow turnips, I bet something that I would... The, the particular article that I would read would somehow find a way to say Michael Jackson loved turnips <laughs> you know what I'm saying it's just so bizarre but um yeah that's what's up so anyway I mentioned that because the first chapter of her of her book um starts off when she gets a phone call that her uh father James Brown died um and I just want to say this and it's just no nothing on her it's just that I was reading it and I'm like, did she really write this? I had to look. I looked and, you know, there's a co-writer on there. And I think the co-writer actually wrote it because it doesn't sound like a regular person talking to you. Like the last book I read, remember, um, Dennis Edwards' cousin wrote that book. And it sounded like he was just having a conversation with you. This particular book comes across as if I'm reading a fiction book. I'm not saying, you know, anything that she's saying is fiction. It's I absolutely believe 100% of what she's saying. It's just that the way um, it's worded sounds as if I'm reading a novel. And the person that co-wrote it is a journalist. So it, it just doesn't sound 
like natural speech you know what I'm saying um I don't know Yama but um she sounds really nice I'm sure I'd be friends with her and everything but so I don't know her like I said I don't know her and I but I for some reason I'm pretty sure she doesn't talk the way her speech comes across in the book I think she relayed her story and the um person must have um rewrote it you know in a different fashion that comes across to me like I said uh, a fiction book anyway it doesn't bother me or anything I'm just saying I just feel more like I'm reading a a book a novel and rather than a biography and I'm not really used to it being like that you know what I'm saying so anyway um what was my point <laughs> okay so she uh, it started off the um phone call she got that uh James Brown had died her dad and um you know it goes into detail what she was doing um she had to get up in the middle of the night she was supposed to go see him the day before on christmas eve she was supposed to go see him but she was like really busy but she said she she called him and said she'll be there um and he's like no i don't look my best i don't want you to go there and you know and she he ex she explained to us that he didn't like anybody to see him when he wasn't you know when he wasn't like looking his best when he wasn't dressed and had his hair done and everything even his own kids he just always wanted to look presentable and so she reluctantly agreed and um so that left a guilt factor that she got a phone call the next day in the middle of that night actually well it would have been early morning of uh the 25th on christmas that he had passed and um you know, she felt if she was kind of had this guilt thing, like, well, what if he really wanted her to come? Like, what if um, he was just saying, no, don't come, but he really wanted her to pursue it. And like, you know, you know how you kind of like get these little um, scenarios in your head. I I think that I think that's something we all do. I well, at least now I know she does, <laughs> but um, I know I do. I had these scenarios in my head all the freaking time and it drives me nuts. I mean. I can't go through the day without like just creating these scenarios in my head. It just drives me crazy. I don't know. I think <laughs> I belong on the funny farm or something. But anywho, um, so yeah. Anyway, and then she was just it was just going on to describe the um, uh, the next few days. You know, the making the arrangements, the funerals. There were funerals in three different places. Um, you know, picking out outfits and stuff. And the second one was back in Georgia where he was going to get um, buried. But the second funeral or memorial service, that night before it happened, she got a phone call around midnight from like one of her father's people saying that Michael Jackson, Mikey Poo, um, wanted to come and see the body, you know, right then and there in the middle of the night. And, you know, could he have permission? And she gave permission. She thought it was odd. And anyway, um, she woke up the next, oh, wait, okay, she, he got, she gave him permission, and then later on, the guy called and said, can he stay there, can, he left, and then said, can he come back there and talk to him, and she's like, um, okay, and so basically, from what she was told, that Mikey Pooh sat alone with, um, James Brown, with his body um just to speak to him just like you know touching his hair and you know kissed his cheek and was just talking to him from I guess the bodyguards or the other people kind of told them what exactly he was doing but he was um with James for 
hours. Um, and she said after that, he went to go look at different displays of coffins, you know, as if he was like preparing himself mentally that he was going to be, you know, going one day soon. I'm guessing it didn't really hit him. I don't think death really hits you as much until somebody that really touched you dies. I mean, a lot of people, um, like say lose your, you know, you lose your grandparents, you lose family members. I've, you know, lost people, but like when Michael died, nothing like I've mentioned this in um, earlier podcasts. Um, it like hit me like a, like lightning. It like literally woke my soul up when he died and I think that's what um James Brown was for him that type of a thing um yeah so I mean I get it I'm, I'm glad he had someone that you know he you know looked up to like you know to that level and I'm glad he got to spend that you know quiet time I think he really really needed that and I, I think maybe in his mind maybe that kind of um, woke him up to the reality of death. Not that he didn't experience before. I know his grandparents had passed, but you know, if it it just hits different, if you know what I'm trying to say. So anyway, yeah, I just thought that was really, really interesting. And so that is my Mikey Boo thing <laughs> inside of the book that I'm reading right now. So um, today I thought I would read y'all the lyrics to the breaks by Curtis Blue. Um, you guys know that one, right? One of the earliest rap songs. Clap your hands, everybody, if you got what it takes, because I'm Curtis Blow. I want you to know that these are the breaks. Breaks on the bus, breaks on the car, breaks to make you a superstar, breaks to win and breaks to lose. But these here are the breaks will rock your shoes. And these are the breaks. Break it up, break it up, break it up. If your woman steps out with another man and she runs off with him to Japan and the IRS says they want to chat and you can't explain why you claimed cap and Ma Bell sends you whopping bill with 18 phone calls to Brazil and you borrow money from the mob and yesterday you lost your job. Well, these are the breaks. Break it up, break it up, break it up. Throw your hands up in the sky and wave them around from side to side and you deserve a break tonight. Somebody say, all right, say ho. And you don't stop. Keep on somebody scream, break down. Breaks on the stage, breaks on the screen, breaks to make your wallet lean, breaks run cold, and breaks run hot. Some folks got them, some have not. But these are the breaks. Break it up, break it up, break it up, break down. To, to the girl in the brown, stop messing around. To the guy in the blue, what you gonna do? To the girl in green, don't be so mean. And the guy in the red, say what I said. Break down, breaks on the plane, breaks on the train, breaks to make you go insane, breaks in love, breaks in war. But we got the breaks to get you on the floor. And these are the breaks. Break it up, break it up, break it up, break it down, yo. Just do it, just do it, just do it, do it, do it, just do it, just do it, just do it, do it, do it. Repeat that another two times. You say last week you met the perfect guy and he promised you the stars and sky. He said his cat laugh was gold, but he didn't say it was 10 years old. He took you out to the Red Coach Grill, but he forgot the cash and you paid the bill. And he told the story of your life, but he forgot the part about his wife. Huh, huh, well, these are the breaks. Break it up, break it up breakdown <laughs> and then it goes on to list the writers damn it's a whole it's like one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen writers of that song including him and russell simmons um and russell simmons was 
involved in that. Um, so I guess I don't think he he probably doesn't make a lot of money off of that. I'm just thinking just because he has it has to be divided up among all the people that um wrote the song, right? I mean, other than getting owning the writing uh rights you have to own the publishing rights um i don't know i'm not in the music business so i don't know but um this was the first rap song to sell over 500,000 copies earning a certified gold record the album was also the first rap record released on a major label curtis signed with mercury mercury records in early 1980 curtis said this concept was created as a tribute to all the breakers in and around south bronx and harlem back in the early days of hip-hop I wanted to do a tribute song with many breaks so that the breakers could get down and do their thing. When we danced during the break with song, that was our time to go off, do our best moves. Ah, yeah, so one of the earliest uh, successful rap song by Mr. Curtis Blow. And the reason I picked that particular song right today was because I just happened to be scrolling along YouTube, as I often do, and I done told you I can't look at anything without... Mikey Poo <laughs> popping up in my face. It's literally impossible. Anything. I'm telling you, if I look up turnips, he's going to be there. If I look up rutabagas, whatever the hell they are, he's going to be there. <laughs> Anywho, um, so I thought I'd click this interview with Curtis Blow. And he said, I'm guessing it sounds like from what we were talking about, like it was like in the um, early 80s. And Mikey Pooh, this is our Mikey Pooh thing for today. He rented out a whole club. No, wait, was it a club? He rented out something. I don't remember. But a big old place. And invited only a thousand people. He didn't invite me. Mm, okay, I was just a little kid, but hey. Why didn't you invite me, Mikey Pooh? Man, I'm salty now. Anyway, so anywho, uh, <laughs> he invited all these people. And he brought Curtis and his wife back to a back room and he just told him he wanted to tell him because I guess this must have been when the song came out and he was like really just getting up there and everything getting notif you know notoriety and whatnot and um Mikey was just um telling him that you must not ever forget um who came before you do not forget where you came from and always help people on the way of be nice to everybody uh and what else did he say? Oh, yeah, because he said his, his, um, the whole thing, being in show business, he never, you know, could be a child. He never could do anything. He couldn't even go to a restaurant without them shutting it down. And I don't, did he say his life was miserable or was that the word? Oh, no, he said his life was a nightmare. And this was before even Thriller came out. This was back in the off the wall days. And I think I mentioned before, I guess he was, you know, they were really big with the J5 and stuff, but that was, like, before my time. But, um, he was even popular to that extent even before Thriller came out. That he, he couldn't go anywhere. People were always asking for autographs. He, he just couldn't go anywhere. And in his mind, in his life, and it would be for anyone, he was just, it was a nightmare for him. And, um, so he was always he was just telling Curtis you know to um be good and to be kind you know that's the most important thing and I guess that's always that's my message too is to be good and be kind and remember where you come from you might have a lot now but you didn't you know always have it Earl 
Maybe you did. I don't know. Maybe you grew up with a silver spoon in your mouth. But um, there's no guarantee that you'll always have it. But for those of us that didn't grow up with a silver spoon in our mouths, we started off somewhere. And we must never forget where we came from. And, um, you know, I just feel really bad that he felt his life was a nightmare. And <laughs> this is before it really became a nightmare. Um, I know he had some fun times. As fun as it could be. But he, you know, told Curtis that he just wanted normalcy and he just didn't have normalcy. And he never, ever, ever had normalcy since Gary. Um, yeah, and I, I just feel really bad. Um, but <laughs> like I've said a hundred times on this show, um, sometimes it's not about what you want here is about doing God's will um, and he'll take care of you um, Mikey was able to have good things he had the best of things a lot of people say he had a, a, a bad uh, a spending habit you know and whatever he wanted to buy nice things which is but I mean I think he deserved it don't you he did a lot and it's not like he hoarded all his money to himself you know he he gave back, unlike so many of the other rich bastards out there, you know. <laughs> and if they do give it, it's just for um, tax purposes. He gave from his heart. He gave uh, anonymously. He gave uh, to institutions and things like that. So, I don't know. I, I, I feel badly that he didn't have any normalcy, but um, I'm sure his reward is complete normalcy. Whatever normalcy is up there, I guess... We won't know up until we get there, but hopefully it is getting the desires of your heart that did not get fulfilled here. Anyway, guys, I'm going to take this time to remind you that God loves you, Ishi loves you, I love you, Mikey Poo loves you, everybody loves you, and we want you guys whew, to have a wonderful and beautifully blessed day, okay? Have a great Saturday. We love you so much. Odavo.